Welcome to Ball Court. I'm your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Ben Simmons' world has not changed much, but the Celtics' world is starting to look a little bit different right here on Ball Court. Welcome to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. Let's go ahead and jump right into it. As we all know, I am a Lakers fan. So, starting off the first story with Celtics stories, come on. You know it has to be something big. But let me go ahead and tell you what's going on. After that last loss to Chicago, which was a complete and utter collapse, they were up by about 19 going into the fourth quarter. And then they came back and just wallowed them. Complete and utter collapse. Marcus Smart was a little bit critical. Yes, we all know Marcus Smart, the physical point guard that the Celtics have. He was a little bit critical of the team. See, he he said that he can't do much just standing in the corner. His Pretty much his thought process was that everybody knows that the ball is going to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. We all know this, everybody watching the game, every Lakers fan, every Celtics fan, every basketball fan knows that when that game starts, you're going to get touches. Now, every other team, as every other coach, is probably looking at them saying, hey, you know what we got to do? Get the ball out of Jalen's hands. Get the ball out of uh, Jason's hands. Force them to pass the ball. Now, the thing is, they have a formidable team around them, including Marcus Smart being able to set up in the corner and hit threes or drive to the basket and create more points for them. But now they, he is stating that as great as they are and as great as their progression has been, they still need to learn to pass the ball. And uh, just watch it, especially in that final quarter where nobody was passing the ball, nobody was hustling. Did you know that the Celtics had zero, hear me out, zero defensive rebounds? During that time, during that fourth quarter, it was a free-for-all. Chicago, now, not taking anything away from Chicago. They have been looking great. I mean, since uh, since AC has gone over there, since Lonzo Ball has gone over there, that unit is exciting to watch and not to mention they can come back on just about anybody. So what Marcus Smart is seeing with the East looking like the way it is, Look like Jalen Brown, Jalen Brown, and Jason Tatum is going to have to diversify their game a little bit. Start moving that ball around. Start passing that ball, or else they could be looking for early exit in the playoffs. And they look pretty good. I'm not saying they look great. They had a two and five start. It has a very shaky start right now. And then, and he, they say it's because the shots aren't coming in. It's you know points aren't you know the balls not moving. A lot of the dead ball movement is causing that 2-5 and five start. And in the East right now, 2-5 and five is not the way that you want to go, especially with the red-hot Bulls, Miami looking great, and, of course, the defending champions, Milwaukee Bucks, always going out there and taking it to that next level. So we got to go ahead and keep a look, keep an eye out on uh, Celtics and see what is really going on because Marcus Smart might, might be making – a smart statement at this time. See what I did there? All right. Now, I'm going to go ahead and jump off into the next story. All right? This one is about something that I was kind of wary of when I heard the announcement. 
I know that you heard me on the podcast last season speak about how Wilson will be the new um, will be the new basketball of the. Dalton has gone out the door, and Wilson is now in. Now, after a few games, we have a pretty decent sample size. Paul George is actually speaking out against the Wilson ball. He stated that with the Spalding ball, there was just a different feel. It was a much softer feel, more comfortable of a ball. And that is the reason for the lower shooting percentages now. If you haven't noticed, just in case you haven't been watching the game, there has been a lot more air ball. As a matter of fact, this is one of the lowest shooting percentages that we've seen since the 80s. Like, the shots aren't falling, you know, people aren't hitting their shots. As a matter of fact, Paul George is looking horrible. I'm not saying I'm not saying that he hasn't looked worse, but he is shooting pretty poorly. Even Dame Lillard, you know, Dame time, he's, he's, he's pretty much a guaranteed bucket, a walking bucket. His percentages has dropped amazingly, as a matter of fact. His shooting percentage is off. And he's not looking like the same Dame Lillard. But a lot of people aren't looking the same. A matter of fact, the whole entire league is not shooting as well. Now, C.J. McCollum, you know, he is the president of the, of the Players Association. He suggested that the players are still adjusting to the new Wilson ball. And, um, and says it will, he will discuss it with the players. Now that he's gotten a little bit more information, he's going to discuss it with the players and see what's the, what's the feedback. Now, don't get me wrong. I played with the Wilson ball myself, and I played with the Spalding ball. But it made me want to go, go outside and really take a closer look at it. So what I went ahead and did was I checked it out for myself. I, I, got, I grabbed my Spalding. I grabbed my Wilson. I went down to the gym, and I started putting up shots. I put up about 20 shots with the Spalding, 20 shots with the Wilson, and I personally was finding that the Wilson was a little bit more comfortable. To me. It had a it had a better release to it. it. Had a nice softer release. I went uh, uh, with the Wilson. I went seventeen of twenty. With the Spalding, I went sixteen of twenty. So it wasn't a huge difference. It wasn't like okay, well, and it could have been just my shooting form. It could have been that I was a little bit off. It, that's understandable. But it wasn't that much of a difference where I could say that the shooting percentages dropped significantly. But these are the pros. These are the guys that are handling this uh, basketball on a daily basis. So they should know a little bit better. So I'm actually leaving it up to Paul George and the rest of the league to kind of go ahead and see if it is the ball or if it is just, you know, just a bad year that's going on. But I couldn't see a trend of uh, if it be the bad year for each and every player. And some of our known shooters aren't shooting as well. As a matter of fact, even Steph Curry on the turnaround shot, I, I just saw him do last night. He bricked that one, turned around, and it was like, oh, okay. He tried it, though, but he bricked it. So it could be the Wilson ball. It could be just that things are a little bit different this year and people aren't um, uh, they aren't shooting as well. But based off of what I've been seeing, that people have been in the gym and they've been putting in work, it could just be the ball. Uh, but we'll have to watch and see because that feedback is going to be big. C.J. McCollum, once he gets that information, and he is Dave Lillard's teammate. So he's right there in the huddle with him, and he's in the trenches. So Dame is going to tell him straight up what's going on with that ball, as well as everybody else is going to give him their feedback. And hopefully, hopefully we see an uptake in the uh, trend of how people are shooting when we get later, later into the year, and people are a little bit more comfortable with that basketball. All right. 
let's get, I'm about to go ahead and jump into a topic that is kind of an ongoing topic at this point in time. Yes, we're going to talk about Ben Simmons. And the, see, the thing is, now with the report that, because last, last we reported on him that he wasn't mentally capable of uh, playing at this time. He wasn't there. He wasn't, he wasn't set in to get going and go hard with it. So, the Sixers, being the organization that they are, and any professional organization would do this, they start to offer help to help with the uh, to help with what is going on as far as uh, how he feels mentally to get him ready to be back on the floor. Now, here's the thing that's grown up with a little bit of frustration within the Philadelphia organization, Philadelphia fan base, and just anybody out there who is rooting for this to just be over. Ben Simmons is rejecting the help. Yes, you heard it. You heard it correctly. Ben Simmons is rejecting that off-court mental help that he needs to get back onto the court. Now, it seems to me that this seems to be just another workaround for Ben Simmons' holdout. I understand that Ben Simmons is not happy right now in Philadelphia, and but it seems to me that Maury and uh, the president of basketball operations uh, Daryl Morey, as well as the rest of the Philadelphia organization, is trying everything in their power to make sure that they appease him, which they have done countless amount of times. This leads me to go ahead and uh, once again bring up his his draft report. You know, Ben Simmons, when he was drafted, they said that Simmons lacked competitive, competitiveness in crucial games and has raised questions about his character. Those who know him best says he needs things to revolve around him on and off the court. And that's, and that's he's often been a close-minded to coaching and instruction. So his, his uh, draft report back in 2016 was stating that exactly what we're seeing now is what we would have expected to see. See, the issue that I'm seeing here is, first of all, I, I take mental health very seriously, especially when it comes to athletes and, uh, and just being able to function in society. I feel that mental health is, a very, is, is something that we cannot take lightly. Now, if Ben Simmons is stating that he is suffering from a mental health issue, that is causing him to stay off of the court, he needs to accept the help. He needs to do whatever it is possible to make sure that he is going to be available, not for his team, but also available as his contract states. See, if he was injured, let's say it was a knee injury or an Achilles injury, uh, similar to what Clay was uh, experiencing, the trainers would be there. They would offer help. They would offer anything they can to help them uh, recoup and get back onto the floor. And if that was the case, he would do everything possible to do it. Now, the simple fact that he is rejecting this, it leads us to a whole other situation, a whole other case. Now, this is a case of character. This is a case of, okay, am I going to live up to the contract or the promises that I made? Am I going to do everything in my power on my end to be able to be, um, to be, able to be productive 
and to make sure that I th this is a fruitful situation within my contract. The problem is, right now, Ben Simmons is running away from that. He is actually staring away from showing good character. Now, if I was another GM, if I was another president of basketball operation, sitting with the other 30 teams in the league and just watching what is going on, I would have to say hands down that I wouldn't like it. I would not like what I'm seeing right now. And I would not be able to say I want to trade any of my assets. And what I mean by assets, I mean the people who are showing up to work every day. I cannot get rid of any of them for, to hope that there is a, uh, to hope that there's some production from Ben Simmons in the future. And I can only imagine how his teammates feel. His teammates, such as uh, Joel Embiid, and mind you, mind you, Philadelphia has been looking excellent without Ben Simmons. I'm talking they've been playing great defense. Um, Thibault has been absolutely amazing. He's been on the floor. He's been covering. He's been, uh, 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 he's been all over the place. I'm talking getting steals, getting blocks. Actually being, uh, he, he is the defensive piece that along with Ben Simmons could have really turned uh, Philadelphia around and make them probably the favorite coming out of the East. But without Ben Simmons, still, they are a phenomenal team. They're looking great. Doc has a plane at a high level. So it is kind of, it's kind of sad that they have to also deal with what is going on off the court as well. And I feel like if everybody was all in, Hands down, Philadelphia would probably be one of the best teams in the league right now. If not, hands down, I think that they will be the number two team in the East behind the Bucs. I'm saying this because the Bucs are the defending champions, and until somebody knocks them off, they're the ones. But hands down, I feel that Philadelphia would have been right there with them and have been able to put up a formidable fight. With that said, that isn't the case. Ben Simmons is starting, that story is still blooming over their head, and they are still playing phenomenal basketball. So, just like me, and just like my good friend uh, Malik Spade, we're going to keep watching Philadelphia. We're going to make sure that uh, this works out to be positive. Because the one thing that I feel Ben Simmons do not want is Philadelphia to be great without him. Because if they're great without him, his trade value goes down, and then it becomes who really wants Ben Simmons, you know? On that note, I'm going to take a quick break. I will be right back with more ball court and the world of basketball. I am your host, Coach Drew, and thank you for joining the world. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Ball Court. I am your host, Coach Drew, and this is the world of basketball. And yes, the world of basketball, as you know, for me, my world of basketball sometimes surround, is surrounded by the Lakers. Now, when we take a look at the uh, NBA power rankings after the first week, the Lakers sit in the top 10. I'm not saying that they're all the way at the top, but they're in the top 10. Now, I want to go ahead and talk about some bright points for the Lakers. And with a lump in my throat and a heavy heart, I do want to talk about some low points. Okay, first, first, I have to say, year 19 for LeBron James, man, he is looking good. Did you see him the other night? He was playing so phenomenal on Halloween that he was actually watching himself in the stand. That's how good. He played so good, he had to time travel, come back in time and watch that same thing. That's how good it looked. Actually, that wasn't him in the stands. It was uh, former player Josie that kind of looked just like him. But neither here nor there. But he was absolutely phenomenal. He was beasting and he was bullying against the Rockets. Now, the Rockets looked great, too. Jalen Green was looking phenomenal. Now, that was, couple, that was a high point right there. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go high and low with each one of these points, okay? So first, by high point, LeBron James started off the season looking great. He's in, he's in midseason form. And for a washed-up king, he looks absolutely phenomenal. And that's why I say Kevin Durant is arguably the best player in the league right now. Because still, there's LeBron James, and he's still prowling around. And at any given time, he can give you 30. And not even blinking on. Anthony Davis is looking dominant as well. Anthony Davis, I had no doubt in my mind after the injury and after he, how he was playing during preseason, and he's going to be phenomenal. He's, another, he's, he's going above and beyond where he needs to be, as well as most of the Lakers. Most of the Lakers are looking very, very good. There is one spot that I am absolutely concerned with. It's Russell Westbrook. Don't get me wrong. I understand how Russell Westbrook works. Now, mind you, this is, this is his fourth team that he's been on in a little while. Now, Russell Westbrook, when he was first with Oklahoma City, he, had, he said, you know what, Kevin, go ahead, do your thing. I will be a sidekick. After Kevin Durant had left, he decided to take the reins, and he was Russell Westbrook. What Russell Westbrook gives you is he's going to give you high intensity. He's going to give you tough games. He's going to give you energy all the game, every game. What he's not going to give you is that he's not going to make the greatest decisions out there. He is going to turn over the ball. He is going to rush things. He's going to force things. You have to understand at the level that he's playing at right now, and I could clearly see uh, Stephon Marbury situation happen with Russell Westbrook at this time, right? Not taking away anything from him. He's a triple-double machine. But Russell Westbrook is used to being a solo act. He's used to having him do it. When somebody else steps in to help him do it or to add to the pieces, it takes away from what Russell Westbrook does. And from what I'm seeing right now, he looks he looks like that freshman kid who just made the varsity team and now he has to prove that he's varsity level. He's running around there doing way too much. He's diving after the ball, jumping after the ball, making passes he should not make. He is doing too much. He needs to settle down. He needs to relax. He needs to understand the team that he has around him. KYP, know your personnel. 
and Russell Westbrook is struggling to understand his personality. You don't have to do so much. You have a LeBron James. You don't have to grab every rebound. You have a Dwight Howard. You have a um, You don't have to grab every rebound. You don't have to create every play. You have a Rajon Rondo. You now have to play within yourself. And Russell Westbrook is... His play is starting to look as crazy as his outfits before the pregame. So it's like I'm 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 really worried about I'm really worried about how that's looking for for them as a squad on a whole because it makes me it makes me a little weary about the Lakers moving forward with Russell Westbrook. He doesn't seem to, and this is the thing that bothers me because he's an LA kid. He doesn't seem to fit the Lakers thing. Now I made a statement before that he's he's kind of have us. Uh, Marbury syndrome going on. Let me go ahead and break that down a little bit further to you so you understand. What I mean by he has that Stephon Marbury type syndrome is when Stephon Marbury was playing in Minnesota. Stephon Marbury was absolutely phenomenal. And you could go back and look it up. Him and KG was the, was the thing. They were an absolute beast of a squad. When Steph got back into the tri-state area and got back around friends and family and those people from yesteryear, it was like, wow. It was a different, it was a different Stephon Marbury. He wasn't putting up points like how he was. He wasn't uh, engaging to the game like how he was. He was forcing things. He was trying to make more things happen. I'm finding that's, the, that's what's taking place for Russell Westbrook now that he's back home amongst everyone. That's what I'm seeing. But let's get back to those power rankings. First of all, I want to talk about the Knicks. The Knicks is 5-1. and one. Congratulations, Knicks. They haven't moved too high on the power ranking charts, but congratulations to the Knicks. Shout out. So if anybody got your money on the Knicks, I'm in Vegas. You let us know if you want to put money down on the Knicks. You too can lose $500. Because trust me, I understand how the Knicks run it. It looks good now, but it is the Knicks. So let's just give it time for the wheels to fall off. All right. Next, uh, one of the teams that I want to talk about that jumped up the power ranking. Utah Jazz. Starting, I'm starting to believe that Utah Jazz is is the truth. They they're the real life truth. They're one of those teams that that can possibly be a front runner or somebody who can really shake things up for the Lakers. If Russell Westbrook is not under control, they can really shake things up for the Lakers. But I like what I'm seeing here. See, Rudy Gobert is. He's dominated. I'm talking in the first five games, he had his, he had at least 16 points, 14 rebounds in each of the first five games. And as a matter of fact, I believe that he was the first player in NBA history to do that. So what they have going on in Utah, we have to applaud it. It's looking really good. Now, number two on the power ranking right now is the Miami Heat. I'm going to just go ahead and say these words, and I'm going to just go right past it. Nope. Jimmy Buckets. Butler, period. He's looking phenomenal. He's taking control of that team. He's put them on their back. Eric Spolstra and the rest of us has came together and said, "Hey, you know what? We're gonna make a. We're gonna have a formidable team." But I wasn't gonna talk about this, but I'm gonna go ahead and talk about this just because they're number three on the power ring. The Nets, the Brooklyn Nets, sits right now at number three on the power rankings. Hear me out. Number three on the power ring. Why does this blow your mind? Because 
the best point guard in the game is not playing. Yes, Kyrie Irving has not been with them, and they sit at number three. I was actually talking about this with my producer earlier today, that they look better without him. They look good. The ball is moving freely. James Harden is putting up buckets. Kevin Durant, arguably the best player, arguably the best player in the league today. Kevin Durant is looking absolutely phenomenal. He looks great. I'm liking what I am seeing from him. I'm liking what I'm seeing from that team on a whole. When you when you really take a look, right now their record is four and three. All right. They but they're playing at a higher like they're playing better than I've ever seen them play in a long time. And I'm talking even when you first put them together, the big three together, they look, they, they actually look like a team more than just like an all-star squad. You say, okay, these three are going to be out there and grab points. But they start to look a little bit more like a team. And I'm liking that. That's, that's what I'm really liking about what I'm seeing with them. All right? The Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, previously was at number one in the power rankings, dropped down to number five. Now, right right now, they are missing a few pieces and and significant pieces. So, of course, it is there for them to drop. But they are the defending champions. Giannis is looking better. He's added a three-point shot to his game. So, I can only assume, as because we are very young in the season right now, the season progressed. I definitely see Giannis jumping ahead and doing some amazing, amazing things. Like I was saying, New York Knicks, shout out to y'all jumping up to number seven from number 11 in the power ring. It's, you're looking good. You are looking good. But the Philadelphia 76ers has dropped. You know, right now, Ben Simmons still remains on the sideline. He's, you know, having the mental issues that's taking place. And Joel Embiid, his knee is still a concern. So we have to keep on watching how they're looking. But like I said, Thibault has been phenomenal on defense. And that has given us the extra push. Along with uh, Seth Curry looking great out there. We have the extra push that is needed with Philadelphia. I see them, even though they they dropped one in the ranking, I see that uh, they the, with a couple games coming up this week with Portland, Chicago, Detroit, um, and another one at Chicago, I see that that could actually change things. I feel those games against Chicago is going to be a real test for them because if you're able to handle the firepower of Chicago, which actually sits number nine in the power rankings, which could ju- will clearly jump up to seven or eight by the end of next week, I I believe that that could really turn things around for the 76ers. If they're able to get past Detroit, I mean, able to get past um, Chicago, either at Chicago or in their hometown, if they're able to get past them and really and really push something towards them, I feel that that whole thing with Ben Simmons starts to sweep further and further under the rug. So hopefully that works out. And of course, I told you about number 10, my Lakers doing their thing. Carmelo Anthony, I have to say, Carmelo Anthony, why were you out of the league? Why were you out of the league? Who did this? Because since you've been back, you've been great. You were great in Portland. You came out here to L.A., and you have, you have been phenomenal over those first five games 
shooting the lights out. It has been awesome. I'm glad you're here. Russell Westbrook, please go talk to Carmelo Anthony. See what he can do for you. You need to relax. You need to just calm down and take it easy. There's so much more basketball to go, you know? Now, uh, I want to go ahead and jump into another topic, you know, taking a coach's look right here, because we had to take a coach's look at that power ring. But I want to talk about, I, I, I want to talk about uh, a special guy. Yes, Mikey Williams, high school phenom. Right now, Mikey Williams, he's a, a high school junior who's playing phenomenal basketball. He's probably one of the best in his class right now. But here's, here's something crazy. Puma has signed Nike. Mikey Williams to a contract. So right now, Puma has some of the some young stars that are assigned under them. You know, Kyle Kuzma, LaMelo Ball, and now Mikey Williams. First and foremost, I want to say, young man, congratulations. Go ahead and get your back. But secondly, I want to go ahead and talk about this because Mikey Williams, mind you, is not a college player. He's a high school player. Now, with the new rule changes with the NC2A, college players are able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. Mikey Williams not being a high school, not being a college player as of yet, earning money on his name, image, and likeness, it makes me, it makes me a little bit concerned. So I definitely want to go ahead and see him at the college level, but it makes me believe that after high school, his direction is that he's going to go semi-pro right away, or pro being for the fact that I feel that those rules may be changing shortly. So he may be going pro or semi-pro within the next, by the time he uh, graduates. I'm glad that he's getting his bag. I'm, I'm happy for it. But I, I, I don't like the precedence that this is setting. Like, these high school kids are financially gaining off of their skills before they're able to reach full maturity. This is a similar situation that I feel is not great with child acting. You, you're giving somebody a lot of money before they are able to responsibly handle it. Now, the people around you, if you do not surround yourself with people around you that are looking to help you move forward, that money will go just as quick as it can. You know, so I'm hoping Mike Williams has surrounded himself with a strong unit and a strong group of people to help him preserve his image. Now, I actually saw him in the 2K commercial, so I was like, okay, I was kind of taken back with that. But hearing now that he got signed to Puma, it seems like this man is going to go and get his bag any way he can. And if you can do that before you sign your big deal, congratulations, Mikey Williams. I want to give you a big shout out for that. All right? I'm going to go ahead and jump into the next topic. This is a word from our coach. Now, with basketball season looming, because a lot of uh, high school kids and middle school kids right now are preparing to go for their tryouts next week or this week. That is coming up. And I have to tell you, go hard. Go hard. But with that on his, with the high school ball on his case, you know, coming up, I really want to talk about this one product that I've been utilizing. Now, mind you, I want to go ahead and tell you I'm not getting any compensation from this product. I've just been using it. And I have been training kids with it. And I've seen some, a phenomenal uptake in the kids that I've trained. Now, 85%, I just want to go ahead and give you the statistic real quick. 85% of the shots that you take in uh, high school is going to be contested. Same thing in college. You're going to have contested shots 85% of the time. 
That means there's only 15% of the time that you're going to shoot that open shot that you're practicing for, that you've been training for, that you keep on doing every single day. You're going to use that 15% of the time. So I actually use this uh, product called Hand in Your Face. And now what it does is actually puts a hand in your face, this product. This is an amazing product. I love it. And you're able to train with that hand in your face. You put the ball on the floor, you do your thing, um, and you're able to practice shooting that way. Since I have trained some of my athletes, their shooting percentage has gone up. You know, uh, one of my closest athletes, the one that you see in this video right here, and that's my daughter, you know, big shout outs. I'm like, her shooting percentage has gone up actually 4% since we've been using it. So this is an actual great tool. She's now getting the shots up from three-point range with the hand in her face, or she can get into the lane. You can foul her, put a hand in her face. It's just the shot's still going in. I find that this is a very useful product for you to use at the early part of the season, as well as going to the late part of the season. So if you get a chance, definitely check this product out. It's called Hand in Your Face. It's a great training product, great training tool. And me, Coach Drew, I stand behind it 100%. I love what I'm seeing with it. I really like the, I really like the, um, so far, I like what I'm seeing. I like the production. I'm liking the results. Is, is getting good, and I've used it for a couple of my athletes, and they're looking a lot better. So go ahead and check it out, hand in your face. Now, that brings us to the point now where we wrap up the show. Yes, yes, yes. I always like to wrap up the show, give, you know, give a good word of advice before I go ahead and give my thank you. First word of advice I have for everyone, for everyone, uh, all my athletes that are out there, understand something. Colleges, look at your talent as a starting point. Yes, every college coach, every scout, your talent is just a starting point. Don't think that just because you can dunk really well, you can shoot the three really well, you are guaranteed to go into college. That's not the way it works. When they come out to scout you, they're, giving, they're looking for reasons to cross you off the list. Yes, you heard it right. When they come to your high school, during the winter, to scout you, they're looking for a reason to cross you off the list. So here's a couple reasons and a couple things that we need to learn. We have to be coachable, be respectful to the coaches, the refs, and the fans. You don't want to be the person that's taunting the fans. You don't want to be the person that's taunting your coaches because that will not get you to that next level. You want to be the person that is a role model to your, uh, to your other teammates. You want to know that the people coming up behind you can look at you and say that is the way they want to do it because that is who they're scouting. They want to find somebody who's going to be right for their program as well as going to be an asset to their team. Most coaches has a huge ego. We feel that we can develop anybody who's willing to work. So what we are looking for when we go out there and we're holding tryouts or when they are recruited is we're looking for somebody who's willing to work on our team within our system. So if you're that person, you have to show that. You have to be coachable. You have to be respectful. And if you want to be a great leader, you have to learn how to follow. All right? So I want to thank everybody who's, you know, listening right now. Everybody who has downloaded my podcast on Google Podcasts and Apple Podcasts. Yes, go ahead and check it out. Make sure that you get in those notifications. Hit that little bell because, you know, when you hear that ding, you know the coach has done his thing. I want to give a big shout-out to CWNSports.com. Yes, 
Comedy World Network. You got to check them out on iHeart as well. You can listen to them live. You can listen to those shows that go on. We play it all the time. As well as check out the podcast. Go to the website if you want to see some more articles as well as features by yours truly, Coach Drew. You can see it right there at cwnsports.com. But I need you to go ahead and download this podcast. Make sure that you have that podcast downloaded so you can refer back to me. Yes, refer back to me when I tell you that arguably Kevin Durant is the best player in the league right now. So when everybody says, hey, Kevin Durant got an MVP, how did he do that? You can refer back to this show because you would have it downloaded. See, that's what we do here. We try to make it easy for you. And my name is Coach Drew. This has been Ball Court. This has been the world of basketball. I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. Thank you for coming by, and I will drop by next time. See you then.